We're back. We're back. It's the distraction. I'm Drew. That's David Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. And with us, we have the honor, on my birthday, no less, to be joined by Jadakiss, Sheik Louch, yeah. and <laughs> <the> fantastic <laughs> Styles P. Yeah. It's the Lost. How you doing, yeah. Lost? What's up? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, Another yeah, Zoom call with the locks. Yo, you know how often I get Sheik Louch? Yeah, it, of, it's, it's, it's Luch, dude. Is it no, Sheik Louch? Sheik Louch. She said Sheik Louch. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's, ho- it's almost like I'm a white person. It's terrible. <laughs> Just the worst. get it overseas worst. a lot. Definitely overseas. Sheik yeah. <laughs> Louch. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Sheik Louch. Sheik Louch. <laughs> Just a total disaster. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Join us when our next week when our guest will be Lawrence Welk. How are you gentlemen doing? By by the way, before I start talking to you guys, I should say that the Lox's fourth album, Living Off Experience, is out now featuring Benny the Butcher, DMX, T-Pain, and West Side Gun, and their new EP, Power. Can I call it an EP, guys? Is that all right? The EP? Yeah. What song is that? The, 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 the Living Off Experience? Uh, no, I saw Power also listed on uh, is that wrong? No, yo, what is that? I seen somebody put that up. That ain't that ain't us, man. Oh, oh my god! Even it's worse. It's yo, even... dog, I seen that too. My actually, my son showed me that. I was like, I don't know what that is. It's like a bunch of old records on there. Well, well, I should just you gotta find out who did that. I gotta go commit ritual seppuku. Yeah, yeah. Well, we gotta find them and we gotta put them in a toilet right away. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, then it's just living off experience. Get that. And the the poser faker one. Well, that those people can go live in a sewer. It's We're not going to talk Absolutely. about it. Uh, Absolutely. We got we got a lot of questions for you guys, but I, I just want to know: Are you guys handling, uh, you know, the, the heartbreaking news about President Trump's COVID diagnosis? Are you yeah. you wishing him well in this in this difficult time for our? It took me a lot. It took me a lot to get over that. You know, you know, <laughs> it took me down for a little while. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been so heroic the way that he stayed up for three straight days tweeting in all caps. <laughs> yeah, leadership. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people yeah, wouldn't be able to pull that off. And a man is straight for showbiz. Ugh. He's the entertainer. I remember I had a I had a brain hemorrhage, and one of the first things I did when I woke up, I was still on like a shitload of fentanyl out of my fucking mind. I was hallucinating. Like I thought the hospital was on rails and shit. And I was like, oh, I got a tweet. And for some reason, my yeah. wife gave me my phone. And I started tweeting. I was like, hey, everybody, I choked on blood, which is not true. And my wife was like, my wife was on a bus at the time. She wasn't at the hospital, and her friends like, like texted her. She's like, "Your husband's tweeting from like the grave," and she's like, "Oh shit!" She had to turn around from our apartment and go back to the hospital and go to my bed. And she's like, "Give me that right this now." A, this was a big problem after Drew suffered a brain injury, and yet they were able to get the phone away from him, which is the big difference between uh, him and the president of the United States. No, wait, but uh, did he Did he really? Yeah, man, this is real. Oh, Yeah, he was very badly hurt. He wrote a good essay about it. It's why I pronounced your name wrong. Totally totally a byproduct of the brain surgery. Yeah, go for it, bro. He actually plays that card at work a lot, that it's like anytime he like fucks up who's whatever, the starting defensive tackle for the Texans, he's like, I have brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Sheik, how are you doing? I'm good. Hanging in there. That's One day at a time. That's how we do it. Just working, staying busy. Yep. Uh, Styles, what about you? I see you walking your dog. How are you and how's the dog? Dog's chilling. Yeah, just walking the dog. About to go exercise. Then I got some work to do. And what, what is the work you got to do? Um, I'm in a, 
I'm in a, I got a small part in this movie called the 40 year old version. So wait, that's, that's like being, I have seen things about that. You're promoting that too. Yeah. I got to go do something. I did a, um, it's a song for the soundtrack with me and a bunch of artists. And then it's a, um, something, I don't even know. I just know I got something to do in a few hours. I didn't exactly what, I just know where I got to be and what time I got to be. Wait, you said the forty-year-old virgin, like virgin, V E R S I O N. Oh, it's all like, right. I was like, yeah, they made like, that movie already. They got to remake it, reboot the goddamn movie. Yeah, that movie's a big deal. I've like read about it. Lena Waithe is involved. Some other people. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a little small part in there, so got to do nice. some. They doing something with the movie today, so I'm going for that. And, and Jay- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Styles. <laughs> I said that's it in the juice bar. That's it. And how's the puppy? What's the puppy's name? Harley Quinn. Oh, that's great. You need to give the puppy like a little hammer so it can hammer the shit out of people. It pisses it off. <laughs> Harley Quinn styles. And how about you, Jadakus? How are you doing? I'm chilling. Same here. Just working. I mean, trying to stay healthy. I don't want to bring up old topics, but one of the reasons that we had you on was because Roth and I were talking about your Instagram you're from this Instagram with the pizza order ages ago. This was something we actually, we had Bomani Jones on and he brought it up. We were talking about pizza and he was like, well, that's like the Jada Kiss pizza. And we didn't know what that was. And then he shared the image, the infamous image no crust. of just the all, the crust. all crust pizza, yeah. aka breadsticks. So my question to you, Jada Kiss, is I, I already heard your explanation. You like the crust. That's your favorite part of the pizza. So you got the crust. You got you got it without without any the shit in the middle was cut out so it looked like a tire like a bike tire and then you had and then you had three cups of marinara sauce in the center I get that but why wouldn't you just order breadsticks instead I mean you know I don't know <laughs> that's great breadsticks don't that's taste like always, yeah breadsticks don't taste the same as the crust breadstick and crust is different. It's well, yeah, because the crust you get a little bit of that, that moist tomatoey part, and there's a chew to it. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, see, see, important question. Yeah. That's actually how this wound up happening. Was after that, Carrie, who works at Stitcher, was like, you know, I can actually get you in touch with Jada Kids if you want an answer on the pizza crust question. <laughs> right, and we weren't gonna like not run that down just as journalists. It was too important. <sighs> can I ask you a couple questions about the album? Because I know that's what uh, you all are doing here. Yeah. So, listen to it. Um, can confirm that it is a fucking locks album, which is incredibly satisfying to me as somebody that's been listening to y'all for two decades. It's just like instantly recognizable as uh, what it is, which is an increasingly rare commodity at this moment. Like even watching the videos on YouTube, it's like it's like a locks video. There's like cars and dogs, except like people are also wearing masks, which like grounds it in this moment, which made me like. How do you like just not even just logistically, but like what were the challenges of making this record at this moment in time? We actually made the record before the uh, this moment. You in recorded time. all of it before the yeah, besides the videos and all that, we've done that currently, but um for the most part we recorded a lot before everything took place, you know? So it was dope. So then promoting it just means doing stuff like while you're walking your dog, you gotta push yeah. it wherever you can push it. I get that. That's right. Yeah. Stay working. Was it uh before you were, I assume you recorded it without knowing. I know you recorded it without knowing this was coming. How how has it been 
just living with the pandemic, obviously, I want to ask you how it was like, what's been like having to release a work of art during the pandemic. But have you have you guys been living with the pandemic? Really different. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Styles. I said just adapting to the um to the changes, um, just adapting um to the mask wearing, and just you know, other day, like I said to myself, um, it's probably we're never gonna not wear a mask again, probably. Yeah. Like the corona is never gonna leave. It's gonna be like the flu. It's here forever. It's gonna be coronas, social distancing and masking, most likely forever. I don't see a change coming anytime soon in that. So just trying to figure out how to work business out around that is the the big part. Adapting. Adapt and survive. Yeah. Musically it's horrible because I you know, not horrible, but um you definitely wanna get back to them big arenas and shows and, and festivals and stuff. So, you know. Yeah, there's we had a, a rock artist last week as our guest and it was he was saying the same thing about touring and, and playing shows and stuff like that that's like how he knows that his songs are working or not is like sense. does the, does the crowd like respond to it one way or the other yeah and like that also i mean it's like that's how people make money that was like the next question that i wanted to ask yeah. not to be like that's the bag crass. Right that's the big bag you know yeah and it's the one you can actually count on because all yeah. the other stuff it's like this is what i was going to say like 22 years long time to be together long time to be in any business let alone like a business as like incredibly fuckery prone as music. That's right. So like, obviously like, like the industry's changed so much, but like the thing that, that sort of jumps out to me is like, it's not like the demand is different. It's like the ways that you can make money are all foreclosed now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, this was in the last, in one of the podcasts that you all did, cause you're doing like a podcast around yeah. the record. Like Jada was talking about a union, but just basically like, how do you, as artists think you're going to be able to protect your rights and like get back some of what you lost in terms of the way that streaming squeezes you, the way that like record sales has sort of gone away. Like, how do you, like, how do you live as an artist in 2020? I don't got the answer for the streaming part. I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, it's incredible what they got away with on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what makes one record and this and that, but, um, you know, you push on, you, uh, you do your, your virtual shows, you do, you do, you, but, you know, guys like us that's been in the game for a while, like, we don't got to make another record. We got, we established in several ways, you know what I mean? And um, so that's that's a blessing. But new artists, I totally understand. It's like, man, it just shut down on them immediately, like it did all of us. Yeah. Have you done any live shows, like, at a distance? Because some artists have done that, like. Yeah, I'm saying. And I want to. I want to. I think we got something in the works right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready to. Yeah, there's going to be, like, it's weird. You're going to be able to play, like, festivals in Asia or in Europe, like, long before you're going to be able to play, like, even a club show here, it seems like. I know, I know. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Which is absolutely bananas. Yeah, it's fucked up. The, I want to, just to follow up on the, the, um, the union thing a little bit, because I'm not trying to get you to put that business in the street. I hope that there's something in the works, but that's, like, you know, it's a hard project. But, like, you all stayed together as a group for longer, for, you know, many times longer than other people are able to do it. There's this, like, obviously, you all seem to really like each other a lot. There's, like, a solidarity between you. This is not a business that uh, promotes that. No. Like, that this is, like, how, if you were to try to get people to work together to represent their interests, how do you get people in a, a like, a crabs in a barrel sort of industry like this but to stand up for each other? It's hard to teach that. What you're asking is hard to teach. It should be yeah. you already or it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? You and your partner right now, you genuinely have to like each other or, or the chemistry warmer. Chemistry is the main thing. You know what I mean? Word. And the love and respect for each other is, 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 is definitely something you have to have or it's a wrap. 
Well, and you guys grew up together. You guys have known each other since you were kids, yeah? yeah? Absolutely. We family. It's my brothers. Yeah. Have you guys been able to see each other since the pandemic started? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, are Are you near each other? Are you all in Yonkers? No, no, no. We have we have a, we have a record. We own a recording studio together, so we see each other a lot. Oh, that's good. Like, do you yeah, have to do like do you have to do like a hard fourteen day quarantine before you get into the studio together? Uh, yeah, I mean, we keep it we keep it sanitized. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know, so we we everything you heard we made together. Period. Not uh, you know we didn't fly each other's verses in or this and that. No, we've actually sat and thought about it together. I've actually I've listened to albums where they're not in the same spot and it most shows. Of time, most of the time, people record like that. Not yeah. with us. That's only like with our features and stuff. Yeah. So there's one thing that again this goes back to like having grown up on record together. That there's like a lot of stuff on the record that you wouldn't necessarily think of this as like from a locks record that I found like kind of like heartwarming. Like there's the line on think of the locks where she talks about bringing his son downstairs to watch like the last yeah. dragon yeah, yeah, with him. Yeah. And that's like, even... as a channel 11 classic to me, that's a movie that's very close to my yeah, heart. Absolutely. But there, like, are you all at this age now as parents where you're trying to get your kids like into the same stuff that you loved as a kid? Me, 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 um, musically he's, he's on some whole another vibe. Like with the, like the, the young boy artists and all that. But mm-hmm. definitely with that line was real talk. Like, yo, come look at this shit. Fucking Bruce Leroy. That's so <laughs> enough right there. Like, you, yo, dad, that's whack. How long I got to sit and watch this? Like, yo, you kidding me? Stuff like that with me, definitely. I'm aware of that. Like, yo. Does that still hit with kids at all? Like, does it get any uh, of the gags or anything? Uh, nah, he left like in like, he left. That's tragic. That's really <laughs> yeah, sad. Yeah, bro. Like, yo, you'll see later, you know. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I've tried to get my kids to watch like, like 80s movies I liked, like Bill and Ted's and like like even yeah. Naked Gun, and they Classic. bailed after like Classic. 45 minutes. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm all like all boom. Yeah, I'm dude, like, you're gonna miss the best part. It's, part. A, it's Yo, a masterpiece. His arms is gonna glow. Watch this shit. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yo, he, he, he wasn't with it. You guys, by the way, Sheik, you and uh you and Styles are both businessmen. Yeah. Uh all of us. Um, you got, yeah, they all. They all got the, the juice bars. And they got, got juice bars. You got car washes. How are those businesses doing during the pandemic? Has it been a struggle to keep them uh, afloat? Like, I feel like the car wash is easy to keep keep going than a juice bar because we all have to go into the fucking juice bar and shit. Well, they labeled us essential workers. We was able to stay open. We just had to change some things during the pandemic. Blessing. And we was able to keep it open. Man, blessings for that. For real, for real. Y'all can show love with the juice bar. Um, the Bronx and Brooklyn, you know, thanks to the to the cities, um, you know, granted, granted us and said we essential and make sure, you know, and also we serve a lot of the police community, firemen, ambulance community. So, right. you know, fruits and vegetables are essential. Schools, hospitals. You know what I mean? They need their grass. So we, you know, we just keep it pushing. We just keep it pushing. And um, thank God. Word. Thank to thank. Thanks to thanks to our patrons and you know people who patronage the store. We're thankful for them. We're humbled and um, we're grateful, and they keep us they keep us going. Yeah. You feel uh, you feel okay serving cops after the shit they've pulled? Yeah, yeah. Because all cops ain't bad. Like we have um we had a I actually went to a police reform meeting last week, but it was only three cops, so that was a horrible meeting. Oh. But I have a meeting with the mayor later this week. I have a meeting with some more police. Um, came to the juice bar, spoke to it about after that. Not really, because I think when you, um, as a black man, you know what I mean? Somebody in our communicate, community has to be able to delegate and communicate and say what 
bullshit is happening and when good shit is happening and somebody has to be able to communicate and delegate for us too to say, all right, we take ownership of the shit we doing. We want the cops to take ownership of the shit they doing and we can meet in the middle. So yeah. um, that's how we go about it because other than that, we'll be too angry, too passionate, and we'll be too emotional and won't be able to think with a level head. And when you're communicating with somebody, you want to be not emotional mm -hmm. and think about it level head. So we want to be able to delegate and communicate with the police without um, hatred or anger Absolutely. while we're doing it. Like, you know what I mean? So we get our point across and be understood and then understand if they really not understanding us. So That's what I was going to ask. You feel like they're hearing you? Some some do, I believe. I believe some do. I believe some don't. Um, I believe some can. I believe some don't. And I think that's just the reality of the situation. Mm. Um, we live pretty much very racist city within the racist state of New York. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the re reality of it is there's a lot of white cops who probably just don't like black people at all. There. And there's a lot of white cops who know that about them, white cops who don't like it. So I think it's just a lot of peeling of the onion we have to do, mm. period. Mm. You know what I mean? Period. And just being real about it because until that point, we just keep running in circles and the same shit keeps happening. And, you know, but I think on a local level, we definitely got to start handling shit a little better within our cities to get our voice, not ask for our voice to be heard, but demand it be heard, actually. Can you, uh, can you tell us about, well put, you said well that, put. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I said, well put. Yeah. It is. Uh, that, that meeting you said that went shitty. Can you tell me how it went shitty? Was it just because of the, the horrible turnout for police officers or was there anything more to it? Meeting with three cops there. That's shitty right there. Yep. Three cops there who they're going to spread the message to the whole precinct. That shows the cops that heard about the meeting or most of them either were mm -hmm. too busy, yeah. didn't care to show up to hear how the community felt. So you, you, you watching people with all of the same story, asking for change, pouring their heart outs, you know, tearing over to each other. To each other, though, because no cops is there. Yeah. To each other, because it's only three cops. And are the three cops going to go back and spread the word to everybody? So we try to realize that, look at it, and instead of getting upset, just keep pushing forward. That's why, you know, would be the mayor actually hit me, seen a meeting. He reached out to me, so I'll be sitting down with him, chopping it up Friday, see how we could push it further and make it better, you know? How is the Yonkers mayor? He's cool. He called to reach out. I mean, it's definitely... Better things he could do, that's such as everybody for this thing. But um, going to meet with him, he gets things done. He helped me, you know. Um, kids put up a basketball park where he's from. You know, um, we've had two two parks built up to where adults could work out. So we're just trying to keep it pushing and keep the city going. And hopefully they support us with some good funding to get this done. Like, you know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, you're not trying to benefit from any of this shit. So there's a question that I was going to ask. I was also going to skip it because it seemed heavy, but if we're talking about cops, then we can talk about this. This is something I wanted to read you from uh, the writer Craig Jenkins wrote, New York Magazine. The commercial prospects of New York rap dimmed at the end of the 2000s, thanks in part to a decade and a half of concerted government action. What he talks about with that is that basically... New York rap didn't fall off or decline necessarily so much as that there was 20 years of pressure from two Republican mayors that basically cut the legs out from under the scene with especially through like the NYPD systematically harassing and arresting people. So you were all a big part of that scene like during these years, like in terms of I mean, obviously Yonkers is different than New York, but like broadly speaking, like that same sort of harassment seems like it pushed over it. Does that assessment make sense to you in terms of like New York 
being like not falling but being pushed basically i remember they was going hard on tupac and all that back in the days but when we came in the game I don't think we got too much like harassment from the mayor. Nah, you remember the hip hop cops? Yeah, they right. but they not the doing it with shit. like pop smoke and shit. Like it happened like right yeah. before the pandemic, they were doing it. Right, but you know, back then it was politicians speaking on it and fake actresses and all that trying to shut down certain things and all that. But it was more, with us, it was more hip hop cops, not necessarily mayor or governor this talking about the lyrics and the rap songs you know what oh I mean? yeah no that's what i meant is that like it was that basically they were dedicated to trying to put like gun charges on people right or trying to find some way to like make sure a show didn't happen mm-hmm. i think i think as artists you know even i mean we knew about the hip-hop police and what the government thing i think you you don't really because we're black in the first place so before we deal with it as artists we deal with that shit as black men mm-hmm. on a just dealing with fucked up cops so as have being a black man with money it fucked up, but we sort of expected it and we was able to deal with it better because we had money, but it's the same shit around the board, whether it's hip hop or just the regular community, even dudes who, who aren't in hip hop. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a, a, it's a big, you know, even with the stop and frisk law when we had it, that was, that was basically for the black and Latino community. Absolutely. So just being black and Latin brown here, you're dealing with a fucked up situation from the jump, so I don't even think you mega focus on the rest Giuliani, of it. Giuliani Jr. is about to run for me. Mm. Yeah. You know? He's a, I don't think, a very appealing candidate. Have you seen what he looks like? No. <laughs> he kind of looks like, so if you remember Chris Farley's version of him from Saturday Night Live with, like, yeah. the big buck teeth and, like, mm-hmm. kind of just the hair looks like a, a broom had been lowered over his head. Yeah. Like, he looks like that now, but he's, like, he works out. <laughs> but it's like the same the same sort of uh shape and size so this is supposed to be a sports podcast so i'm asking a couple of sports ish questions um this one uh mostly is uh this is a, a curiosity of mine you don't need to answer it if you can't but um so i remember the reebok ads that jada did with Allen iverson like i remember them very well i think i actually those sold me at least one pair of sneakers I've always been fascinated by the album that Iverson made that the NBA made him not release in like 2000 or 2001. Like, can you give me like a thumbnail assessment, Jada, on Allen Iverson, the rapper? Because he sounded pretty good in the commercials, but then the songs never got released at all. Yeah, no, I think it was good that they didn't let him release the album. It was too hard. He was trying to, he was saying too, you know, uh, he's from Newport News, Virginia, which is a really serious part of the world to come from as far as poverty is concerned. So at that time, in his prime of his basketball career, I think, although he was probably mad at David Stern for not letting him release the album, I think that that was a good thing for his career. Yeah. He was probably going to be saying some things that would have scared some little kids, some little white kids that loved him Mm. for his crossover and his pull-up. They wouldn't probably been able to imagine them here and saying some of that outlandish stuff. So, um, you know, so everything happens for a reason. And I think that. it was a good, I think it was a good, I think, you know, everybody probably thought Stern was a dick for not clearing it, but it probably, at the end of the day, probably helped AI out in the long run. It's so perfectly Iverson that he just, like, at the peak of his stardom, like, right after going to the NBA Finals, he just tried to release, like, a cool G-Rap album. <laughs> Like it's just a really bold choice yeah, on his yeah, part. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Then, then hearing Shaq and hearing all these other dudes, it would have been a loud difference from Shaq. Shit would have been like N.W.A. and <laughs> Nick Cannon. Yeah, that's crazy. I never knew that. Uh. Yeah, the album. Yeah, I ain't talking some crazy shit on them. Mm. 
I remember Shaq doing like he did his own album. He did shit with Fushnickens and stuff like that. I yeah, it was, but it was like really gentle, yeah, like kid it stuff. It was friendly. It was friendly. Yeah, it was very friendly. It was yeah. It was not forty bars. It was it was it was its own. It was a more genteel <laughs> form. So for an actual sports question for this moment, obviously not a great time for New York sports. Uh, if you had to say all, I can any of the three of you that wants to answer this can answer it. Of course, what is the most embarrassing New York sports sports franchise right now? Knicks. I feel like it's the Knicks too, but the Jets and the Giants have never been more depressing in my lifetime at the same time. I don't really watch football, so I wouldn't know, but it's, they can't be worse than the fucking Knicks. It's sort of hard to imagine how you could be. You have any hope for the Knicks going forward? I think I think World Wide West, Stout, and these dudes over there, they're they going to try to – it'll at least be better than it was in the last 10 or 15 years. Would well, you guys have a rooting interest in the finals uh, with the Lakers in the Heat? The way it's looking like, it's looking like L.A., man. I mean – Oh, they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I but about the guy, I didn't realize how small Miami is, man. Jeez. Yeah, we were saying that yeah. too. They look like first graders compared yeah, to like it's, Anthony it's so Davis. Little. There's like the NBA playing the AA. Yeah, dog. And then it's like, and yeah. then when they like they got an open lane and they don't want to go in because Bron is there. Adebayo looked good last night, but it's like there's just no wiggle room with that. Yeah. The like general effort that the Heat put in, like I'm not used to admiring a Miami Heat team. Like I grew up <laughs> a New Jersey Nets fan. I never liked them, but like there's something about how annoying the Heat are. Like as I get older, just the fact that they um are so dedicated to being pests at every moment. Like you kind of have to tip your cap. To yeah, they, they they hustle, but still they scared to go inside. They're not. They're not. If LeBron is there, they they passing the ball all the way back out to. I'm like, man, take it to him. Draw the foul. Something. I give Jason yeah. Butler his props, man. He got him there. He did the damn thing. They ain't gonna win, but God respect Jimmy Actually, Butler, man. He's doing some. He had a great yeah, game. he's got that game three forever. That was yeah. heroic. He's small. I didn't realize he's not that big. Nah. If, Pat R- if Pat Riley go out and get the Greek freak, though, it'll be a different story. Yeah. That's, what, Espe- that's, that's what they're going for in the offseason. It'd be a heavy price that you'd have to pay for it, but that would be an amazing dude to introduce. I mean, especially just because he could do, like, he'd give them the size, but, like, he could run with them, too. Like, no, he's like, you, know, if you get him fit, like that Miami what, Heat level of fitness. You know what the pitch, the pitch sale is no tax. Yeah, that's like apparently well that and like I guess especially during COVID, you can't really push the restaurants and clubs or anything else. But all you got is no income tax. Yeah, or you could go to Texas or you could go to New Hampshire, which who who doesn't <laughs> want to live in New Hampshire as a pro athlete? I mean, it's so diverse. It's all about just the you can't beat the cross country skiing. <laughs> uh you guys want to answer one stupid fun bag question from a reader. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, this one's from Kevin. He says, which person has had more sex, a 20-year-old star athlete or a 50-year-old normal person? Let's throw that to Chic Louche. A, tw- a 21-year-old athlete or, or what? A 20-year-old star athlete or a 50-year-old normal person? Star athlete. That's easy. Even at 20? Even at- In raw numbers? Like well, career, athlete, talking I mean, about the career. homie may be 50, but I don't think he, he could not have ran through a lot. Not, it's not a comparison. Yeah, not the even star athlete, it could be several a day or, you know, not even a comparison. I think this is where we have to take into effect that uh, we're talking to people that were really famous yeah. when they were 20. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> so, catch up very fast. Very, very fast. Yeah, maybe we just defer. <laughs> oh, well, I just think because I was like, that was my first instinct. And then I was like a 50 year old normal person. I was like, I've seen like sex addict meetings in like documentaries and like 
Yeah, it's people who look like fucking hobos, and it's like, all right, yeah. okay, so <laughs> people can get theirs no matter what they look like. So I wasn't quite well, sure. Well, what if that fifty-year-old he ain't start Jane to like like thirty, forty? He ain't really getting the game. You know what I mean? The twenty-year-old star athlete got to pop. Uh, if you're a, if you're a late bloomer like I am, you try your best to make up for lost time. <laughs> yeah, she's got a point though that like a twenty-year-old can spring for like you know whatever a a fifty-point week in a way that like, you're yeah. not going to be able to yeah. do otherwise. Oh, uh, you gentlemen have been absolutely lovely coming on. Guys, yeah, man. thanks very much. Yeah. Tolerating us, and tolerating tolerating us with answering you, asking our our stupid questions. So this, this is all love, brother. Appreciate y'all. It is. Jadakiss, Styles P, and Chic Louche, the locks. <laughs> the album is living off experience. That's right. Go get that now. Yep. Yes. Please go get it. It's available everywhere. And give these guys some merch. Buy some fucking merch with you if you can. Yeah. The record's good. Buy yeah, the record. Get the record too. Yes, it is. Gentlemen, right. you have been fantastic. We're going to take a break. Come right back. Thank you guys so much. And we're back. We're back. Uh, we're going to get back into the fun bag in a second. But we need to talk about current events, Raw, because tonight's the first vice presidential debate. And, of course, we also are under the uh, the presidential death watch. As of this recording, the president is alive. 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 Not just alive. He's posting. Yeah, he's, he's shit posting. He's, he's got, like, turbo posting ability. Truly, truly amazing to witness. Almost miraculous in its... And his recovery just feels so much power coming through. That's my how mother. you can tell that he's feeling better and also not on a drug that um, induces euphoria. Right. He, he doesn't use lowercase letters anymore because he's so healthy. Yeah. It's just, I had a, I was thinking about, like, I had a joke in my mind that, uh, that if you added, if you added the phrase, and that's how babies are made to the end of every Trump tweet, it would work somehow. <laughs> but he, he essentially co opted it. And just put vote on the end of everything. So he would be like, you know, Kathy Ireland's a slut. Vote! Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> bizarre. I mean, whatever. I I sense that he's upset. You know, like, that's about as close as I can get to, like, really getting a hold of what's going on. But, man, he is really on that, like, you know when you set, like, a car radio to, like, scan for stations and it just changes? And unless you stop it, it's just like, and then it's a new thing for three seconds and right. then a new thing. That's, like, his every day now. Yeah, I was like, I, I remember on when he went back to the White House on Monday night and he went up to the fucking balcony and he's breathing like I was just on a Stairmaster <laughs> for nine hours. Yep. And he takes off the goddamn mask and he's, you know, standing there because so, he always thinks he's like posing for a movie poster. And like all the anchors, like CNN was like, like, we've had it with this asshole. Like even CNN dropped the veneer of like, Respect for the office or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dropped all that bullshit. It's like a fucking sweaty dope standing like he's ski jumping on the balcony of the White House, like and, and then going, sucking wind. And then going into stage videos to be like, hey, maybe I'm immune. Who knows? Who can tell? Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with these poor, like, poor broadcast crews and aides who, like, are going to get infected by this, this is, piece of shit. It's like we were talking about with Bob last week, too, that, like, there's not metaphors anymore, like, period. Nah. But in this sort of thing, the idea that, like, it's one thing to say, like, oh, you know, the president, if he's not 
paying attention to what his messaging is or if his policies aren't responsible, he could do a lot of damage. And that's like one thing to understand it. And for a few years, like we saw it. Right. Now it's like, it's fucking literal. Like if the president goes near people and breathes on them, they could become very sick and possibly die. Yeah. Like that's it. That's, there's no subtext. That is exactly what it is. He is a, a risk, a literal risk. To yeah. He absolutely went back into that White House and groped somebody. It's like. Oh yeah. It's, like the, and you know that he's doing the same shit that he was doing before too, where he gets mad about, this is like all these stories that have been coming out about people not wearing masks around him and like. Because he, it upsets him to see people wearing masks. It's not like that he won't wear it. It's that if he sees somebody in a meeting wearing it, he'll be like, take that shit off. It makes you look like you're afraid. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he's definitely in the master for pussies. Yeah. Like, contingent. There's, right. There's no doubt Which is definitely one of those things where like you can generally check down to like what is the worst available opinion. And then like he's going to feel that and express that. But in this case, it's like a level beyond like the usual, like it's not ordinarily the sort of thing where like when he was posting a lot about how like Robert Pattinson shouldn't take Kristen Stewart back because she's a cheater or whatever. At some point you're like, oh, that's what a dumb guy would say. But like, this is a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, it is. So anyway, that's your presidential death watch brought to you by MyPillow. Let's move on to other segments of the, uh, <laughs> the podcast. Uh, uh, as we are, uh, as we are recording this, um, the Patriots uh, all pro cornerback uh, Stefan Gilmore tested positive for coronavirus after Cam Newton had tested positive for coronavirus and was held out of uh of Monday night of the Monday night game against the Chiefs, which was delayed from Sunday, delayed a grand total of one day, which we all know is the incubation period for COVID. We all yeah. know this. We all learned it in school. Uh so so Gilmore, who had tested negative and negative and negative and negative, and I believe was on the plane, the the quarantined plane, because the the patient yeah, this took- is Classic NFL brain. The Patriots thing. took two fucking planes to Kansas City. One that had like twenty some odd players who were had been exposed to Newton, and they were on. And I shit you not, these airplanes are called aircrafts, and the the instead of a C, there's a K. No, no, that's, come on, swear to fucking god, that's what they're Ugh. called. And so, and it's so, like they, a boat for the sky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my aircraft. If you're flying it, nothing bad can happen. I've had so many orgies up there, and they've been fun. <laughs> so they fly in separate. They're 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 segregated. They're, they fly in separate planes to Kansas City. They play a game together. So what's the fucking point? It's incredible. Like just the level. It's not even that it's dumb because it's obviously dumb. But like to me. How do you not know more about how this virus works? Like, I'm not really that sharp a dude. I've understood since, like, April what, like, the incubation period is. Like, how you treat this. Like, the NFL leaving itself, they left themselves one week of wiggle room for an entire four-month season. Yeah, and now they had another Titans player test positive, so that game against the Bills Someone on the Raiders is positive. Yeah, Yeah. someone on the Raiders is positive because the Raiders went and had a goddamn carnival, like Darren Waller and Derek Carr. And all these players showed up in, like, a casino ballroom. Yeah, fucking country club to, like, judge a coughing contest. Yeah, without <laughs> masks, like, the least sanitary environment. Like, you you could have gone to a wedding in a fucking church basement in Alabama and been safer than where these guys went. So, it's like, so now it's like, I believe that they will still finish the season no matter what. I'll watch it because I'm a sheep and an asshole. But... 
Uh, do you think that they will be able to play every single game, even if no they way. have to fuck around the schedule? See, to me, that's like the issue with it. That like we were talking about this before we started recording too. That like baseball can like half-ass this stuff and be like, all right, fine, that's a seven-inning doubleheader. <laughs> yeah. Like we're doing our best. They sure like, have. you're playing. You're playing nine games in seven days. Sorry about that. And like, but you can't do that shit with football. No. And so the idea of like not building extra flex like into the season is like you know it's negligent but it's very nfl so like i think they'll finish the season i don't know how they could possibly do it in the time allotted if they're responsible about trying to manage this stuff but as we know there's another option if you're not feeling responsible for managing this stuff which is just manage it irresponsibly or don't manage it at all and ignore it like and i have this real sort of dread that they're just going to do that i think that's what they're gonna do because i mean styles p made it as as plain as possible he's like this is just forever this is just how it's gonna be and it it's true because because like there was a point of no return that we were in danger of of getting past and we passed it in like may we've passed it twice now yeah Like this is, which is really impressive if you think about it. So even if like Biden wins and shuts down the country for two months and gives everyone a stimulus check the way he should, and you know, and and there's contact tracing the same way like New Zealand will contact trace you until like they can find your fucking DNA on the underside of a dumpster lid. (laughs) Like, like even then it's, it's so far gone and so many people have been so irresponsible Particularly leadership, like I, I'm firmly with the people who are like, okay, don't, you can't blame individual people when the leadership has been so poor and frankly non-existent. So, like, it, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine a, a situation where, you know, vaccine aside, and even if there's a vaccine, there are anti-vaxxers out there, right? It's, it's like, like a whole other bad conversation to have, but right. So, but in this case, it's like, yeah, you either like do the the difficult things belatedly that you need to do but right now it's like it some of that wouldn't even really matter like you can't contact trace an outbreak the size of this one no no you can't and you have to have everyone participate and they're not gonna so that's just shitty so you can always do what the white house is doing which is just decline to contact trace everybody that was at the fucking super spreader amy coney barrett garden party that they threw they're just not doing it So I'm gonna, with that in mind, I'm gonna spare you the poison chalice this week because it's just oh thanks everything's been so lethal already. I'm also I'm gonna spare you a mashup mostly because I didn't think of one. Oh, and, and also in honor of the locks, I would have wrapped one, and that just would have been bad. Yeah, no, I think this is for the best. It seems like we should just proceed to the fun bag and count our blessings. Yeah, the it, like rap wise, if you looked at like the rap I listened to, you'd be like, that's a forty four year old white guy. Like it's not. But there was kind of a there was a sweet moment during the week where Drew DM me and he was like, "Hey, I listened to some Locks songs. I liked them." Yeah, I like, yeah, oh, I thanks, like, man. I like the Locks, but otherwise, it's like it's like Tribe and Farside and early Kanye. So you're like, "Oh, that guy went to an expensive liberal arts college." <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even not even a fucking question. Your guy of the week. Would you like to remember a guy? I would be delighted to uh, remember a guy in honor of the strange and uh, increasingly exorable. MLB playoffs in which the Houston Astros are thriving. And it's just, I have an asterisk ready for them any moment. Uh, my guy, they're, gonna, the, they're just going to use it to get motivated though. Uh, my guy of the week is Bernie Williams because I, uh, I feel like I'm showing my age and going too obscure with guys. And it, it, I need to bring it back to guys who I think are uh, 
in my mind, are objectionably, like, extremely famous, but are probably not to people who are 20 years younger than me. That is something I wonder about, because I would take issue with the assessment of uh, Bernie Williams as a guy, because I think he's a dude. And I think there's a, there's a fine distinction to be made there, that, like, if you get a Hall of Fame vote, even one, you're probably a dude. All right. That, like, I think that... But, I mean, he was also of guys that were as good as he was for as long as he was. Like, he was always kind of and I see that this is, you know pains me to say about it Yankee like he actually I think was underrated like he had some really really great seasons not properly he, underrated no yeah so where is he in your pantheon Drew your all-time Yankee pantheon I you know I see on the guy, Rizzuto tier I still think like like didn't like Denny Nagel get a Hall of Fame vote you can be a guy and yeah get a Hall of Fame vote because those, yes, I, those voters they vote for just guys who like brought them a sugar cookie like yeah they're buddies yeah yeah they don't and Joe, just anything to avoid voting for any roid freak or anyone yeah. who like blew them off for an interview. So, so instead they can be like, oh, you know, like Arthur Rhodes did it the right way. Also, like one time he showed me a picture on his phone. I thought it was funny. It was like a cat, but there was a monkey riding on its back. So, uh, yeah, I give him a vote. Also, Bernie wore glasses and I uh, like I have a thing. It's not a fetish. Like. You know, like, like Rodrigo <laughs> Blankenship, like any pro athlete who's wearing glasses, aside from like like Kurt Rambis or any other tryhard YMCA NBA player from the past, like like if you're a football or baseball player and you're wearing glasses, like like Bernie wore glasses and he played guitar. There's always a picture of him with acoustic guitars. Like, wow, he's a very sensitive guy, you know? Yeah, he was a jazz guitarist. Yeah. I don't personally like his music very much. It kind of reminds me of like being at the grocery store. A, but a, it's a not, baseball uh, player plays shitty jazz music. I can't. And yet, like, think about all the other things that baseball players do. Like, Brett Myers made a whole country record that's just about like looking at girls' butts at the store. I mean, who who wouldn't listen? Yeah, to that. Seriously though, there is a song called "Yoga Pants" by Brett Myers. I invite our listeners to look it up and see how long you can listen to it. Oh, that's just fantastic! Like, Terrible. I saw her in my pickup truck. It is, and I wanted to see more. That's a line. (laughs) Awful. (laughs) Uh, Nick writes in, considering all the passing of blame over the fires along the West Coast, if given all the usual supplies, kindling, wood, newspaper, and a box of matches, could Trump start a fire in a wood-burning fireplace? There's no way he's ever lit a fire before, right? No, he's never done it. And no, he could not. Are you ready? I disagree. Uh, Really? Yeah, because I think... Everything about Trump screams teenage kleptomaniac and pyromaniac to me. And if there is some sort of destructive art uh, with a juvenile tinge to it, I think he, I think he, I think he's experimented in that. I feel like he's lit a lot of matches in his life, but not started a lot of fires. I think a match might. Well, which would be more troublesome for him, a match or a bic lighter? A uh, bic lighter for sure, right? Like the wheel, like the wheel sort of chafes against your thumb. Yeah. Like he'd be like, "What the, the, the light? It hurts. Yeah. It's broken. You do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You fired. You fired. This <laughs> this lighter is fake. It doesn't do it's anything. Like trash." <laughs> uh, Tommy writes in with a a question I've had sitting in here for ages. I think we should call the first decade of the century the O's, as in the Black Eyed Peas were popular in the O's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the existing terms are terrible. The phrase, the aughts, sounds archaic. And the saying, 2000s is misleading, since it can refer to an entire century. Uh, it can actually refer to, like, an entire millennium. So do you support yeah. this new naming through. convention? Do you want to call the O's 
the O's. I feel like the aughts like was something that people started doing ironically, and then it stuck. Yeah, uh, against ironies. Uh, and I think it mostly stuck because there was the lack of an alternative. Um, I wish that the O's could catch on just because there's so many places in the United States where that would just sound really terrible to hear people talking about it. Right. I, like, who are the who are the best Balmer Orioles of the O's? Who I, are your O's O's team? Motor oil. I don't. <laughs> that's a Fred Armisen joke. I, ever since he said it in a YouTube thing, he was like, motor oil. I was like, that's exactly what it fucking sounds like. Yep. Holy shit. So, uh, because I did not grow up in this particular century, I have no good bearing on distinguishing between decades. I can distinguish between uh, the 2010s and the 2000s because of Obama and Trump. But like pop culture-wise, it's all it's all completely lost on me. Like the 80s and 90s pop culture, I know I, I know immediately you name a song, I know immediately if it's in the 80s or 90s and shit like that. So I feel like that's a generational thing. Like I feel like once you once you graduate from college, like all the years, like culture wise, are just whatever shit comes out. We're, yeah, I mean, it all at the very least, it all kind of blurs together. That's the part of it to me that, like, again, you know, now we can pivot back to our podcast about aging, uh, comfort zone here. That like stuff that came out in like two thousand five to me came out, you know, five years ago. Yeah, the only, and yeah, go ahead. No, but I was gonna say that like that like sort of collapse of stuff. It's, I think, in part because, like, maybe this is not having kids. Maybe this is just being in denial, whatever. Like, there's still a part of me that, like, I don't feel like I'm 29 years old. Like, I feel like I'm 40, whatever. But right. that, like, there's still a part of me that, like, what I did when I was 29 feels like something I did last week. Yeah, no, that, that's also, that's a very guy thing to be like, I still feel like I'm 15 because I'm, like, horny all the time and all that stuff. That's right, just- yeah. Like, I was as stupid as I ever was. Like, it's not getting better. Yeah. So, like, it's basically the same. I still masturbate. It's like I'm 15. Yeah, no shit. I, like, <laughs> I do too, Drew. Yeah. And so, so the, uh, I don't, I don't think there's a good name for it, but I kind of want to just rely on the kids and the youngs to that for that. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be useful in that regard. Literally, the only culture re- year I remember from the past 20 is 2007 because there will be blood and, no Country for Old Men came out in that year, and I was like, "That's a good movie year." Like, oh yeah, the idea of like movie years is like absolutely by the boards. Yeah, I'm gone, totally, totally gone. Like, if if there's some ringer retrospective on like the greatest, the 27 greatest movies of of like 2012, and that's gonna happen if they haven't done it already. Yeah. It's gonna all be lost on me. I'm not gonna remember a goddamn. Like thing. I might remember the movies, but the idea of like going back, I, I think that that's a thing that people like to do is like just go look at Wikipedia and see like what you know the popular records or movies were in like a given year. And I'm sure that that's cool. But like again, for me, like I'm just I'm living as if it is still 2011 every single day. Yeah, like I, it's just been going on for nine years. Yeah, that sounds right. I remember I have one huge gap in my in my pop culture thing because i went back I, I did the same thing i looked back at like top of the charts and it was 1997 i believe and the number one single that year was called so close i had never heard that song in my life because i was abroad that year Ooh. and i was not in america so i have no memory at all of that song penetrating the american monoculture what and, were you listening to instead uh i was listening to like travis no i was listening to, like husker do and like pulp uh no no I wasn't into like Brit pop yet like like at the time like 
I was in England, so like all I ever heard was like the Spice Girls twenty four seven. So oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. So it was very it was that was a, a strong nineteen ninety seven thing. Uh, I guess want- in retrospect, it's a, a dumb question to ask you what you were listening to in any given year because you're going to be like Sugar, Husker Du, uh, yeah, the but- Struts didn't exist yet. <laughs> I have very specific uh, memories of that time though, and you know because it's like it was I wasn't a teenager, I was twenty. But it, that was formative enough for me to have a pretty good uh, memory, and compar- I can compartmentalize what the, you know, what the what the culture was. I was sort of absorbing at the time. Mostly, yeah. I, I was just getting as drunk as I could, and going to there was there was a club in the in the city called DTM, and it literally stood for Downtown Manhattan, so that it would <laughs> replicate a Downtown Manhattan nightclub, which is one of the worst settings in the world to be in. Yeah, uh, even in the before. Did they uh did they ac- accurately like recreate the experience of being like I'm spending so much money and not having fun? I I spent a lot of money and 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 found people to hook up with, so I mean it it more or less was a successful replication of the What's of- funny about your brain at that age with music? I have this with like from college especially. Like listening to albums where like you go back the one in particular that sticks out to me is the the Black Love record by Afghan Wigs, which is a I like Greg Dooley. I've liked that band. That record is like peak cocaine grandiosity at every level. And yet when I was like 21 and I was packing up my dorm room and listening to it, I was like, I feel this. Like this is the exact level. This is the correct emotional register for this experience for me. And it wasn't until years later I was just like, no, you were just like intensely neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> like the feelings that you had, like they were at that level of intensity, but like this normal guy had to take drugs and stay up for three straight weeks to get there. Yeah. And you I, were just like that because you were like folding something. I remember being naive and, and feeling like like debauchery was like the exclusive domains of rock and hip hop and like the idea like an indie artist would be like completely into cocaine and be a be a terminal sex addict and stuff like that. I'd be like, wow, that guy but he seems so sensitive on record. Yeah. Who would have He been- went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Terrible. he made me feel things during a rainstorm once. <laughs> Brandon Nix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. And Stitcher's chief content officer is Chris Bannon. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, me and Roth, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. You go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. It's in all caps because that's how I would say it. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And please, by all means, subscribe to Defector.com as well. And hey, don't forget about the locks as they were nice enough to come on and tolerate our bullshit. That fourth album, that's Living Off Experience. That's out now. It's on Spotify. I didn't want to say that in front of them because Spotify pays you two cents for every eight million listens. So I, I didn't want to say that. But you can get it anywhere that you happen to digest music. So you should do that. Toot sweet, Roth. I'll see you next week. Our guest, the immortal Megan Greenwell. Megan Greenwell. Yeah. Join us next week. The fourth member of the locks. Yeah. Megan Greenwell. <laughs> see you next see week. Bye.